and the ones with the Joker. And here we go. Hello and welcome to DJ Tomcat Mogo's Movie Mayhem. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I guess I'm uh, DJ Mogo. And I'm Tommy Taylor, a.k.a. DJ Tomcat. A.k.a. Morgan Gore. And today, I guess this is our last podcast for the semester. Yeah. So we have to admit, we kind of did things backwards here. Um... We were supposed to do solo first and then a um, uh, Rogue, then Rogue, Rogue, Rogue One. One, but uh, I I was an idiot and forgot we were doing that, so we had to do Rogue One first, and now we're doing a solo story, but that's fine, you know, things get backwards, but this will be our last show for the semester, and, hope, and we believe we'll be back in the fall. That's yeah. the plan, right? Yeah, so uh, other than that, thank you guys so far for listening. And if you haven't picked it up right now, our podcast today is going to be Solo, A Star Wars Story. Yes. And yes, another uh, standalone film from the Star Wars saga. And this has been described as, what, an American space western film? Yeah, a little bit of uh, western, a little bit of noir, a little bit of comedy. Mm. And, of course, love. Yes. Yes. Tommy and I are holding hands right now. Love, yes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, interesting tidbit. This was released oh uh, recently, um, May 25th of 2018, last year, which also says, coincidentally, that Star Wars A New Hope was released May 25th in 1977. A very fitting release date. Yes. I wonder if they planned that. Hmm. Makes me wonder. Yep. I don't know. But anyway. So, this one is the story about Han Solo, basically just how he became who he is, you know, backstory about Han Solo, who's, who the role was originated by Harrison Ford in Star Wars when it came out, and so this was a younger version of him, and so I guess overall thoughts, what did you think? What's rating are you giving it? Uh, I am giving it uh, three and a half out of five. Uh, I feel like uh, this film, uh, if you've read about the uh, production, there was a lot of uncertainty with the original directors uh, being dropped from the project, Ron Howard's being uh, brought on, but I feel like uh, this is still a really strong film that has a lot to say that honors uh, the spirit of Han Solo and the original Star Wars while also adding uh, kind of this new side of uh, smuggling and bounty hunters that we haven't really seen explored as much on screen before. So yes, I was going to agree with you. I gave it three, three and a half out of five as well, too. The um so my I guess my one thing about it is like I, I have read what you said about you know the production notes and the trivia about it which was a lot a lot of trivia I mean yeah yeah a lot of people there was a lot of tr I guess I don't know uh, struggles to get this movie to get together like you said the, the directors and everything but I I wasn't disappointed I did like this film um I didn't you know hate it other I didn't. You know, it's hard to try to do a backstory on someone, but as a standalone film, I still like Rogue One better, but yeah. uh, this one it this one did a good job with what it had and I didn't, you know, nothing in particular was that big of a bother to me. So, but yeah, you know, I liked it. Definitely liked this. I don't know why. For some reason, episodes 1, 2 and 3, I s swear, they just at least episodes 1 and 2, they're just so slow and yeah. drab and everything. At least I li I'm liking this one. There's more even the parts are slow. There's still more action. There's still something, you know? 
But, yeah. And I, it's really a shame that this kind of underperformed at the box office mm. uh, because uh, there's a lot of talent here. And, you know, like, I really want to see this uh, story continued in some way, whether it be in a sequel or, like, a series on Disney+. Plus. Uh, but I just feel like there's a lot here. There is. Um, if it doesn't, the movie is the movie did end where there doesn't need to be one. Yeah. You know, so... We'll talk about that later in the spoiler section. If you guys haven't listened before, we do have a spoiler section. If the if no a sequel ever gets made or whatnot, the film does end where you know the story can where the story can continue on to like um, the original Star Wars yeah. movie. You know what I mean? So let's start with uh, who the, our cast here. Yes, Alden. I can't say his name. Enri- Alden uh, Einreich. Einreich. I. Th- I have no <laughs> clue. Uh, we should probably look up videos and see how he pronounces it. Uh, and, yes. And you're probably more close to it. I just say, anyway. Yeah. Uh, he uh, plays uh, Han Solo. Yes. And uh, I think that this is a really difficult role to uh, pull off because you want to honor like Harrison Ford and what he did but at the same time you don't want it to be just a Harrison Ford impression the entire movie right you know like you want like as a character and I think that he manages to balance that out uh, really well in terms of uh, honoring Harrison Ford, you know, and uh, having, like, a lot of uh, small acting visual cues uh, to resemble him while also adding his own take on the role. Yes. I There are a par- couple of parts where I said, oh, that's a, that's a Harrison Ford move or... Harrison Ford look or voice. So, like you said, there were little things here and there. I don't know if he, you know, and, you know, he wasn't overwhelming, overwhelmingly Harrison Ford. Yeah. Like you said, so he did balance it out very well. And he did a good job. I, you know, I enjoyed his character. I enjoyed his choices. I know. I think he did a good job. I did pick up on that. So, yes. So he was cast very well. I heard he was like the first person they saw. And even though they saw other ones, they, they kind of felt like they lucked out watching him because they've just really enjoyed what he brought to the yeah. character. It was very good. Next to the list is uh, our favorite actor. I don't know. One person who doesn't like him is Woody Harrelson. He played uh, Tobias Beckett and he was a criminal in the film. Yeah. I read that his character was based on Long John Silver. If that's right. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why, but it's, um, Hey, <laughs> if it's uh, smugglers, uh, pirates, bounty hunters, uh, you know, like, you yeah. got to draw from somewhere. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, um, and he did a he did a great job, too. I have, don't think I've seen a film where I haven't, where I haven't really liked him in, so. Yeah. So that's nice. And, and then you have uh, Emilia Clunk as uh, Kira, uh, Hans, uh, uh, friend slash former love interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Emilia Clark is well known for Game of Thrones, uh, which uh, plug uh, final season. So if you uh, watch that, uh, then I think you'll really like her in solo. Yes. Uh, and make sure you, you know, tweet about the, um, the spoilers yeah. of, of Got. Because uh, everyone loves that, so make sure you guys do that. <laughs> so you make sure you go and do that, okay? <laughs> um, oh, yes. Yeah, so uh, yes, fine actress as well. Yeah, I job. thought she did an excellent job in the role, and you no, know, like one thing that I'll talk about in the spoiler section, but this is really like kind of a mishmash of genres. Uh, 
Han uh, story, her character kind of draws more from uh, classic film noir. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, uh, as a cinephile, it was really cool to see film noir in uh, Star Wars film, you know, which isn't something that you expect. But It's not easy to combine that kind of genre, I guess. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's easy, but they did do it, yes. So, that's cool. And then, uh, of course, our favorite uh, beast, Chewbacca. He was played by, what's his name, Jonas Suotamo? Yeah. Suotamo, something like that, Jonas Suotamo. Um, so if you guys haven't picked it up, he's uh, Han's sidekick and his best friend. And they met in a very interesting circumstance in this movie, which we'll talk about. And next we have is uh, the, the young Lando, who was played by Donald Glover, a.k.a. AKA Childish Child- Gambino. I Beat was you going to, to Beat you to say, it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Beat you to it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say uh, Childish Landino. Yeah. Okay, fine. Childish Landino. <laughs> That's a good there, one. Okay. There are so many mashups on YouTube that I'll show you <laughs> yeah. off here. Yeah, okay, yeah. I like that one. Childish Landino. Yes. <laughs> um, who also did a very... He, yeah, I enjoyed his performance, too. He, I think he... See, I try not to compare it to, you know, the original actors like Billy D. Williams and Harrison Ford. You know, they got to bring their own. You know, they do have to take from their role and what they did. But, you know, they're at a different time. You know, they're younger and everything. So, but no, that, like I said, he wasn't overwhelmingly impersonating Billy D. He brought his own flavor to it. And, no, yeah, so I enjoyed him as well. Yeah. yeah. What do you think of him? I thought that... Uh, he was like that is just a plus perfect casting, mm-hmm. and you know like he really brings this uh, flair of style sexiness that uh, Billy D Williams uh, brought, uh, but with kind of a younger outlook, which I thought was uh, just really cool. Yes, and we mean the manly sexiness, no homo. Of yeah, so yes, we're not um, attracted to him. Of course not. That's crazy, right, Tommy? <laughs> okay, no fine. We are. Yeah, okay. Where are we going from uh, here? <laughs> Where are we at? Hold on. Um, uh, who's else? Phoebe yes. Wallen uh, Bridge uh, plays L three thirty seven, Lando's joy companion and navigator. Uh, Thaddy Newton plays uh, Val, uh, who is Beckett's wife. Tandy. And wait, Tandy Newton. Tandy Newton. Yes. Sorry. Uh, and she's a fellow criminal and member of her husband's crew. Uh, John Favreau uh, voices Rio Durant, uh, another member of uh, Beckett's crew. And Paul Bettany is Dryden Ross. Uh, a ruthless crime lord who has a history with Beckett. And can you explain the scars on his face? Uh, I have no idea. Okay. Well, at least that's something. Because remember, I like, remember in episode three where um, I couldn't figure out why that guy's voice was packed or, you know, he kept coughing. Yeah. So I was wondering if you knew why his face was, this guy's face was scarred. I have no, no idea. Okay. We have to, I guess we're going to have to look it up or see if there's more research for that one or something. Yeah. I tried to look and see if they mentioned it in the film, but they did not. So maybe, um, maybe there'll be a backstory to that if they make a sequel. Who knows? Yeah. And there is also a, um, Aaron, Kel- Aaron Kellyman who played Enfy's Nest. She was the leader of the pirates, and the pirates, they were called Cloud Riders in there. Yeah. those are the main people as of now, and there's other cameos that we'll talk about later, so we don't want to spoil those. But uh, no one um, really bothered me. Yeah, just all very good casting, very good casting. So kudos for that. I think, they, I think um, the only person that so far has bothered me casting-wise, and I'm, this, is, you know, this is not hating on him, was... Um, 
Hayden Christensen. Yeah. At least in the first two films. In the third one, he kind of got a maybe I don't know why because he turned evil. I liked him more. Beats me. I don't know why. But um, as far as everything I've seen, that his stuff is only the one that bothered me. But then again, we've talked about you know based on the material he had and probably the direction you know yeah. that he was given. So, but other than that, excellent casting. Very excellent casting. Hmm. Well, that's it for us. We're going to. Uh, and on that note, it was great talking with <laughs> uh, We are going to uh, take a break here? and hear from our sponsors. And we'll be right back to talk about the film, Solo or Star Wars Story, okay? Don't turn that dial. Proud to serve the Edinburgh campus, community, and alumni around the world, we're 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio, continuing a legacy of great college radio with the support of our underwriters, including John's Wildwood Pizzeria. Featuring a selection of pizza, hoagies, wings, salads, and more, John's is open daily at 105 Erie Street in Edinburgh. Information is at 814-734-7355 or on the web at johnswildwoodpizza.com. You can hear anything from country to rap covering love and breakup songs on Love's Heartbreak, Fridays from 5 to 6 p.m. Tune in for your weekly Love's Heartbreak. Listen on air or online at edinburghnow.com. The Edinburgh Sports Network is supported in part by Bonnell's Auto Group, featuring collision services and auto sales in Erie and Fairview, and auto glass replacement and repair, along with full rod shop services and restoration in Fairview. Information on each service can be found on the web at bonnellsauto.com. Okay, we are back. Thank you for taking that break with us. We are back talking about Solo, a Star Wars story, directed by Ron Howard, written by Jonathan and Lawrence Kasdan. Yes. You always have to give shout-out to the writers yes. as well. So now we're here to talk about the film. All right. So now the opening was like uh, Rogue One. They didn't have the scrolling text. They just had um, They just had the text appear and, you know, Different, not not that whole big music. So basically, the text said that there there's a lot of crime happening, and there's a planet called Corellia, where uh, the and this this I don't know caterpillar centipede lady Proxima. <laughs> um, she 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 has these runaways, and she forces them into a life of crime in exchange for shelter and protection. And there's one man who wants to fly among the stars, and that man is Han Solo. Yep, like though uh, just Han. He doesn't have That's true. the last name uh, Solo yet. That's true, yes. And he's kind of a part of like a ragtag team of uh, thieves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, like he's uh, in love with uh, Kira and. Uh, they try to escape, and uh, one of the uh, really cool things uh with Proxima is that you see what he claims is a thermal detonator, and she's like, "That's a rock." rock. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I wasn't sure what was happening with that, but. But I, because I wasn't expecting her to, so he throws the rock and breaks the glass, and then sunlight comes in. So I guess sunlight hurts her. I don't know if there was a backstory to that thing, or I figured that you would explain that, Thomas. Uh, I have no clue. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so he has a. They're about to. I think they're about to get in trouble because she feels that they betrayed her. Um, her and Kira, they're hiding. They're hiding items from her. And she's going to get them in trouble. Then he says he has a bomb detonator. And she's like, that's a rock. He throws it to the window. And then light comes in. And she gets blinded and hurts her. And that's when Kira and Han make their escape. Yeah. And uh, it's a... Uh, this is the first time that we've like seen like a land spin chase that mm-hmm. uh, feels like... Uh, at, that feels like kind of a uh, car chase 
you know, right? Like, yes. And uh, one of the really cool things is uh, the uh, speed that uh, uh, Han and uh, Kira make their escape in. Uh, that's like they modified like parts of a natural car. Yeah. So it feels like, you know, like they're actually uh, driving and you get like a lot of really cool nods to uh, car chases from films past. Right. Including, I feel like a uh, little bit of a nod to American Graffiti, which was one of George Lucas's uh, first films. First film, yeah. I, yeah, I remember that. Uh, I, I was kind of thinking that a little bit too. When I was reading about the trivia and backlogs of the story or whatnot, I believe American Graffiti was mentioned, and then that kind of reminded me of that as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, a lot of little, there's little connections here and there you have to, you know, pay attention to. But that happened. And then they received, then they, they escaped to, I guess, an airport or they call it a spaceport. Yeah. Because what they, what they took was, what was it called? Um, Coaxium. Coaxium, thank you. So they took they had some coaxium and they were gonna use that in order to escape and so they went to the spaceport, they were gonna use coaxium as a bargaining chip so they can go to the other side, you know, basically off this planet. And so when they got there, they they were they were there, they got up to the teller and the teller uh she took the coaxium and they were about to go through the gate. But Han went through the gate, but Kira was taken right at that second. Then the gate closed behind Han, and yeah, so. Yeah. And uh, then he uh, signed, he uh, vows to return to uh, Han and joins the Imperial Navy as a cadet. And right. uh, when the recruiting officer asked for his surname, uh, his last name, uh, Han says that he doesn't have a family, so the officer gives him the name Solo. Right. I was wondering what you thought of that, because that could come off as, like, a little bit cheesy. Yeah, I mean, because I don't know if they could have come up with another way to give him that name, though. True. If you really think about it, if, if thinking about his character, you have to ask yourself, would he have called himself Solo? Yeah. So you kind of think about that. Who else would give him the name Han Solo? You th- because before, obviously, we think that's just his name, Han Solo. Yeah. He obviously had a different last name before, and he needed a different name to continue on to get into this uh, flight academy. And so, I yes, it was cheesy. However, to me, that was like there was no other way to do that. Yeah. In my opinion. I don't know if you heard any backlash about that. Did the uh, fans hate no. that? Okay. I wasn't sure if the fans hated that or not. That didn't bother me. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and then we uh, flash forward to three years later. And I wanna, sorry, I want to make a note about the, I guess, the environment. I kind of liked, see, now if you you know think of the, uh, the, scenery, the scenery, the cinematography. Yeah. I, this one was different from Rogue One because this one was more like the their, their planets were more just kind of like in a cloudy, grayish area. Yeah. So they really focused on that a little bit more in this film, I think, it, from what it seemed like to me, other than the other films. And I think I liked that consistency a little more, you know? Yeah. Uh, I definitely agree with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Three years later, uh, Han has been expelled from the Imperial Academy, and he's uh, serving for ins- for insubordination, and he's serving as an infantryman on a planet called Mimban. Uh, and I thought that this was really well done. You know, like we kind of see it from the Empire's perspective but the empire is viewed as overall as shady right more so than downright evil mm-hmm. yes uh, which i thought was kind of a nice touch of showing different perspectives and he 
encounters a group of criminals posing as imperial soldiers led by uh, Beckett. Uh, and, and those people in the group are, are Val and Rio Durant. They are po- yeah, like you said, they are posing. They're, they disguise themselves as Imperial Armored soldiers, but they're pulling off a heist. Solo is able to pick that up, and he tries to blackmail them into having him join their team, their fleet, in their crime that they're about to commit. However, Beckett, they believe he is a captain, and he says he tells yeah. the other and he tells the lieutenant or the other person to uh feed him to the beast and they do. Yeah, so that backfired on on Han and then he gets thrown down into a pit Where with a beast. He meets Chewbacca. Who is yes, who was called the beast. And he Chewbacca he's been sl- he's been enslaved by the Empire. So Booster picked this up. A lot of this stuff is after episode three, after uh, the, you know the uh, the dark side of the force over. Uh, over what am I thinking of? This was after the empire took over uh, Kashyyyk. Kashyyyk. Yes, uh, thank you. Chewie's uh, homeworld. Right. Yes. So if you guys remember that, so yeah, they all different. You know, different. Uh, the different Wookies are enslaved different places. So he was just captured here in underground, feeding on people. I guess. Yeah. Yes. So that's uh, what. <laughs> and no, like I really like. In general, like, throughout the entire film, I really like the uh, banter between them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's the beginning of this relationship that we know and uh, love to uh, see. And, like, you can, like, see when it, like, all started, when they're, like, kind of bickering. Yeah. You know, like, it's kind of like the uh, buddy comedy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Almost. But I'm, I imagine they had to... You know, play off that because that's that's the kind of relationship you saw. Yeah. But I wanted to ask you, what did you think of their meeting? Now, because I've heard there was supposed to be like different versions of how they met or how they knew each other. I mean, uh, so, what did you think of this as their? I thought it was uh, definitely uh, interesting. You know, like uh, if you know, like finding common ground and escaping together. You know, like that. Couldn't kind of leans to a lot of like interesting uh, scenarios. So yeah. overall, I think it's done well. Right, and it's and so what? So well, to go to this story, you know, Han is thrown into that pit, and then he somehow is able to speak Chewbaccaian. What's the language? <laughs> Chewbaccaian. Yes. I don't know. What was it called? Uh, Shiriwook? Yeah, Shiriwook. Shiriwook. I, I prefer Chewbaccaian. But uh, <laughs> yeah. um, he's able to speak the language. And before Chewbacca eats him, you know, Han speaks that language. And he says that he can help him escape. So, uh, so, so me personally, um, this. But if you look at the whole story as we talk about it, I still kind of... I'm still a little kind of iffy about, you know, Chewbacca staying with Han, even after yeah. they finish their mission, you know, because he's been separated from his family. I would think he want to go find, you know, the other Wookiees instead of staying with Han. So that, to me, that kind of storyline was a little off. I think there could have been a little more. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of just thrown in there for that reason. But, yeah. I, but I guess, but like I said, if this is the only film they're going to do, I can understand why. If there's no sequels, that is, but for some, it just felt a little bit forced. Yeah, I think that uh, there was like more planned, mm-hmm. like in case potential sequels. Yeah, right. See, my thing is if they, because they could have, you know, they could have separated at one point. You know, they were still young, and this was before Star Wars. They could have separated at the end. We'll, start, well, we're in spoilers now, so we can talk about that. Yeah. To me, they could have separated, and then if they were to do another movie, you know, got back together somehow. But I don't know. But like I said, if this is the only movie, then but it kind of does tie that together. But that's just my opinion. So anyway, continue on with the story. So Chewbacca, like, finally, Chewbacca pretends to hit Han and breaks, like, this pillar down. Yeah. That, you know, brings the floor in, and then they're able to escape. And so when they're they're running to when they escape they're running to 
what's his name, Beckett's crew, yeah. as they're about to fly away. And Beckett, imp- kind of impressed by Han a little bit, he decides to let him on board and they escape that, that, pr- uh, that island, wherever they are. Yeah, and... Minban. Uh, Minban, thank you, yes. Yeah, and, you know, like, uh, then they uh, travel to uh, Van Dorn 1, and, uh, you know, like, this planet that uh, is very reminiscent, uh, going back to, like, kind of the Western influence of the uh, Rocky Mountains in Colorado, Mm -hmm. uh, the Sierra Mountains in California, uh, Alaska, you know, like, so, like, very, like, tall, very mountainous, Mm -hmm. and uh, then... Uh, mission is to steal a shipment of uh, coaxium from a train going up the mountain. Yes. And, you know, like, this is like a little floating space train. Yes. Which uh, is, yeah. So, like, there you kind of get the Western influence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but probably one of my favorite scenes is kind of the uh, campfire scene. Uh, which, you know, you, again, going back to kind of Western influence, you learn more about these uh, characters, like, kind of from the uh, fire, and Beckett's uh, gun has uh, detachable points, so he detaches it, gives it to Han, which uh, turns out to be Han's iconic I think DL forty four blaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna have to uh, double check on the name. Right, but they know the gun. Yeah. They know what it is. Yes. So Beckett was the original person. That's where he got that from. My favorite scene was the shower scene. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> At least in that part of the film, it was it's funny. It's <laughs> a DL forty four blaster. DL forty four blaster. Yes. And so yes, so they're they're on this. Um, so they're going to infiltrate this. What is a space train? I want to say yeah, the kind of space train, so they could steal the coaxium. And it was a very uh, this uh, this was a very good scene. You know, one of the chase scenes as well. So, and then also what happens is um, they get a uh, who is it the what's her name Val? No, the um. Empty's yes, nest and the Cloud Riders, they get alerted to this and yep. they attack them while they're doing that. So, to get this set up, Val is stationed at the top, uh, stationed at the top of a nearby bridge. Meanwhile, uh, Durant is riding their ship, and Han, Chewbacca, and Beckett go on the train so they can take the coaxium. And basically, what they're doing is this whole kind of a metal attachment thing. Yeah, right. which I thought was uh, really cool. You know, like, uh, if you've seen, like, old Westerns, you know, mm-hmm. like, you'll always have a train high scene. Uh, and, you know, like, a common thing is, you know, like, standing on top of a train somehow. Yeah, right. This one was different, though, because it was a space train. It, it, it went horizontal and vertical and vertical and horizontal. Yeah, Back and uh, forth, you know, no, so, like just like a roller coaster. Yes, exactly. So that added to the adventure of it. Yeah, which, I uh, which uh, space train rides. Uh, Disney, if you're listening for Galaxy's Edge, woohoo! Yeah. So, <laughs> um, anyway, yes. So they're trying to. So they're trying to get the coaxium. Then they get infiltrated by uh, Enfy's Nest and the pirates. Which I I, I kind of liked Enfy's Nest, the outfit. Yeah, the uh, helmet was uh, really cool. Yes. Where it had kind of a Mandalorian mm-hmm. uh, feel, uh, you know, like with like uh, both the fats, and, but, you know, like it was unique where you had like a thing, what looks like feathers yeah. sticking, sticking out of it. Yeah. So, anyway, to go with the story. They get infiltrated, and basically what they're doing is um, they're detaching the 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 trains, the the carts from each other before the uh, separating the one with the coaxium and from the other ones. And this is where we kind of see well two deaths actually. 
So um, the Cloud Riders, they aboard the, the I think it's the Y-45, <laughs> the, the one that Durant flies, and they shoot him, which causes Han to go on the ship and start flying, taking over. And Val is kind of cornered at the top of the bridge, and she has no, she doesn't have time to get off of it before it explodes. So she sacrifices herself and stays on the bridge as it explodes. And the plan was as the bridge explodes, the the space train kind of falls off the track, and they pull up the crate with the coaxium in it, you yeah. know, with the metal connectors, and then they just fly off with it. So that plan does work. However, the Cloud Riders also attach their metal whatever to it, and so they're both holding on to it. Solo's holding on to it, and so are the Cloud Riders, and they fight back and forth. And Solo, uh, uh, what's his name? Becca tells Solo mm-hmm. not to, I keep calling him Solo, Han, excuse me. Han, they, uh, Becca tells Han not to let go, but Han doesn't. Han thinks it's unsafe, and he lets it go. Mm-hmm. And then the Cloud Riders let go of the Coaxium too, and it falls into the mountains. And it does this cool graphic where... You see this like blue, you know, this blue, I don't know how to describe it. Basically, the coaxium falls on the mountains. You see this blue cloud, whatnot, and then it kind of sucks in, and then the thing explodes. I was expecting like a whole big thing, kind of, but the small graphic that it had was very cool. It was a nice graphic, and I like the, the train, the space train chase as well. Yeah, definitely. So anyway, but yeah, so they lost the coaxium on that one, and they escape. And Beckett informs Han that this was, Beckett tells uh, Han that he was doing this for Dryden, who's like a leader of the criminal syndicate, something of that nature. Yep. So Han and Chewbacca volunteer to help steal steal another shipment and explain to Dryden what happened. And uh, while they're waiting to see Dryden, uh, they... uh, Han finds a familiar face uh, with uh, Kira. Yes. Uh, who... And Chewbacca is taking shots. Shot, 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 yes, shot, yes. shot, shot. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, no, like, one thing that I really liked is that, especially with the refined atmosphere and the blinds, you do get mm-hmm. this. Uh, Film noir, femme fatale vibe with uh, Kiana, which I thought was done uh, so well. Like, uh, even, you know, in scenes where she's, you know, like outside of this place, you know, like, she still has that uh, vibe. When So when she appeared at that, you know, at the, well, where's the planet at? Um, wherever Drayden is. Yeah. Dryden, sorry. I keep wanting to say Drayden. I keep thinking Dreidel, but it's Dryden. So they go where the planet is. Um, when she first appeared, she it was I felt I don't know I thought something else was going to happen. She just appeared. She didn't even seem all that excited to see Han. Yeah. Solo, and then throughout the story, I guess I could kind of realize why she's become a little. She she wasn't all that excited, and then plus you find out she is uh, doing Dryden. You know. Yeah. Um, yes, doing. Um, she's she's there a couple, so I can understand that why. But you know, three years, and I guess she probably you know she probably figured he you know there's two different aspects. He's been wanting to get back to that island that they were on to get her back, and she's kind of she has she she has thought about him, but she's been going through. She's done a lot of different things. Yeah. So she's been kind of you know. And uh, so Han suggests uh. A risky uh, plan to uh, repay the uh, coaxium uh, right. that they lost uh, by going by stealing unrefined coaxium from the mines on Kessel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Voss approves it, but insists that Kina accompanies them, right. and uh, she leads them to. Uh, Kind of this mountain lodge uh, slash casino slash fighting. Yeah, it's um. This is yeah. They call it. It's it, you could call it a lodge. I'd say lodge. It looked like a lodge. Yeah. So just had different things in there. You know. Yeah, I just call it a the lodge, and that's where because they need a sh- uh, they need a ship, a fast ship. Yeah. Because technically, 
wherever they're going to get the coaxium, they need to refine it, I guess, because it, it because it's unrefined. So they have to go to Saravine to process it, so that way it's not going to explode faster or blow up faster. So they have to need they need a fast ship. Yeah, and, and Kira knows someone named. Go and say his name, Tommy. Lando Calrissian. <laughs> Who was played by Donald Glover or... Childish Landino. <laughs> oh, yes. That's where we first meet him. He is in the middle of a card game. Basically just, you know, stealing everyone's money. What yep. they consider money on their planets. Yep, and the uh, game is called uh, Sabak. Sabak. And uh, so uh, Han challenges Lando to a game with the uh, wager being uh, Lando's ship. Uh, Lando cheats to win but agrees to join the mission in exchange for the share of the profits. Now, right. I want to uh, real quick uh, do a small uh, bit of um, fashion. So this is the uh, scene where uh, Han Lando and first uh, playing Spock. I heard a story about you. I was wondering if it was true. Everything you heard about me is true. Yep, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so uh, it's a great uh, scene that shows just how good Lando is mm -hmm. at uh, coins and at uh, smuggling. Yes. And uh, so we get our first look at the Millennium Falcon. We get our first look at L3. L3? Yes, the uh, robot droid, uh, destroyed co-pilot, who's also a co-pilot with Lando, who is a female programming. And she is very into droid rights. You know, so you can see she feels that droids being, you know, used for entertainment value and prisons, you know, she doesn't she doesn't like that at all. So she, throughout the film, she does her best to try to free not just droids, but any, you know, prisoner, you yeah. know, anything of that nature. And then after Lando agrees to join them on this mission, then we get to see the Falcon. Yeah. Corellian uh... YT-1300. Yeah, what and what did you think of the uh, Falcon's uh, design in this film? You know, like this is a new version mm -hmm. of the Falcon before it was all uh, banged up. Right, yes. So scratched we, we got to see it. With yeah. probably more than a scratch. Yes, <laughs> throughout the film we got more, more than <laughs> enough scratches throughout it. I was no. I when it came out, I knew there. You know, I knew they were gonna do like this whole big reveal of the ship because you know with these things you have to you have to do that. Yeah. So you know that's how it goes. And when it first came up, I was like, oh, there it is. There's that ship, that wonderful, glorious ship that we all know and love. Yep. Uh, <laughs> not called a piece of junk. Not called a piece of junk. Yes. Uh, and you know, like it's uh really nice. You no, know, like. And, you no, know, like, I really do like that because it makes sense for uh, Lando's captain, you know, mm -hmm. like, to right. have this be a little bit more fancy under his care. Uh, also has a walk-in closet for uh, capes. Yes, I was thinking about the capes when I saw the capes. I was thinking about you. Come back for capes, right? Yes, come back for capes. capes yes, I was uh, thinking about you when I saw the capes. <laughs> And you no, know, like so, they go to uh, Kessel, and this point of the uh, film is where we get the uh, famous uh, Kessel Run mentioned in uh, New Hope. So, mm -hmm. uh, so they reach Kessel and they go in disguise. Uh, I think it's. Uh, Beckett is wearing uh, the Gaunt helmet that Lando wears in uh, Return of the Jedi. Right, yes, I believe so. Uh, so I thought that was a really cool touch. Nice homage to that. And there, so basically Kira, she gets into, she, you know, they all gain entry into it. Uh, Kira 
distracts uh, something called a Tolsite. I don't know if that was his name or his character, but she distracts Tolsite in his office. And then while she's doing that, that's when um, Chewbacca and Han, they infiltrate the mine. Beckett starts killing the other people, other aliens in there, and Kira kills Tolsite. So that way, and then, so when that after that happens, L3 kind of takes control and she just sort of releases all the prisoners yep. on that island, kind of just kind of starting like a... Re- a revolt or rev- <laughs> some kind of revolt. Yep. In the uh, confusion, uh, they steal the uh, coaxium. Yes. Uh, and I believe that Chewbacca sees uh, his family. Yes. I, I, at least other Wookiees. Yeah. I don't know if I'm, his family. I mean, they're I'm all not kinda, sure. I don't know if they're, I'm assuming they're all related, right? Yeah. Uh, so. Also, one of my uh, favorite scenes in this is when. Uh, during the fight scene, uh, Chewbacca just uh, grabs someone and just like throws him down, throws him like, down. upside <laughs> yeah. down, right? You no, know, just like WWE or something. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, he was, he was, fu- yeah, that because they separated. Uh, Han wanted to go back to bring the coaxium, but Chewbacca saw other people, you know, getting torn. Saw a prisoner, his other Wookies getting tormented by guards and whatnot so they separated a little bit and he went over and he threw the guy down and with the other wookies and everything so yes so i mean there's no there's never any doubt that chewbacca was always strong you know yeah get up you know you can body slam anybody and anything that he wants to so when this happens so they got the coaxium and they're heading back to the ship all these prisoners are getting you know are escaped and so who uh that's and i Got a little confused. So who invaded them? Like, was it just people on that island that they were all fighting? I believe so. Just, okay. So just other people like guards yeah. and... Uh, L3 and is uh, severely injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oh, Lin- wait, before, sorry. I should have mentioned, before we before they got to the island, L3 and Kira had a little girl talk. Yeah. Which was very funny as well. I enjoyed that scene a lot. She uh, so uh, apparently you know Lando has the hots for L three according to L three. She uh, and she's thought about it, but yeah, you know, still says no. She says maybe. <laughs> yeah, and I believe it uh, has been kind of confirmed in interviews that uh, Lando is pansexual. Uh, I might be wrong on that, but I. If I recall correctly, they confirmed that. Love who you love, right? Yeah. So anyway, but yes, sorry, I wanted to go back to that because I thought that scene was funny. She is uh, very funny. All these, um, all these other droids, you know, seem to be very funny. But then they die. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't uh, really. So, so I can't Elfie like them. is severely damaged. Yeah. Lando is injured. Uh, so they escape. They escape the island with the coaxium. But yes, that's what happens. Yeah. And, and Chewbacca makes the choice to stay with Han. This is what I don't get, you know. I'm kind of like, I kind of, and I maybe I guess I get what he's doing, you know. You would think that once he found other people, other Wookiees, he would stay with them. But he decided to stay with Han. But I really don't get why. I think that he views Han as his family, uh, kind yeah. of. Kind of, yes. I mean, because I would no. think his... Goal, like I said, is to find other Wookies and help them escape, which he did. But he decided to stay with Han instead of going with the other Wookies that were on there. That's yeah. why I said I feel kind of was a little bit, I don't know, forced. Yeah, I can understand that. Uh, so L3's navigational system is hot wired into the ship's computer mm-hmm. and. Uh, with Lando uh, injured, uh, Han has to pilot the ship through the dangerous and uncounted Kessel Run to elude an Imperial blockade. Now, this is the Kessel Run that has been uh, built up uh, in like A New Hope. It's been mentioned. Seeing it on screen, I thought was uh, so cool because. It was like, you know, flying in a uh, hurricane, like, mm-hmm. and, like, it's just so thrilling. And uh, what was your favorite point of this uh, whole scene? Well, I did like the, 
I, the 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 clouds of the Acadie's maelstrom was I think that's what they called it the Acadie's maelstrom yeah the clouds I really enjoyed that I don't know why I really found it um, what's the word I'm thinking of the graph I mean the design of it was just cool you know yeah. it was very I don't want to say relaxing but it was just it, the it was visually enticing so I've, I found it kind of beautiful I really did I liked that the scene itself until you know then um <laughs> it was funny you know they got into the dark space and then all of a sudden you see these eyes open up whatever yep. that thing was uh, i i know it probably has an official name i, don't I call so. it a uh, space cthulhu <laughs> why uh it kind of reminds me of uh, cthulhu from uh lovecraft okay there there you go that works I just uh, thought of it like some kind of weird trans transmuted octopus, but anyway. Yeah, <laughs> and I love uh, like some of uh, Han's dialogue with Kia and uh, Chewie doing all all of this, mm-hmm. uh, especially when uh, Han's like, "It's okay, it's okay, it's good. We're fine. Yeah. We're fine." No, nice callback to a New Hope and. Uh, wait, you hounds 110? You look great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. Yeah. And um, so this, I, I like this scene a lot because, so what happens was they get kind of caught in this uh, gravita- gravitational pull into this volcano, right? Uh, Black hole. Is it a black hole? Black hole? Yeah, I think it, it, it looked like I don't want to say a volcano, but there was just a lot of there was a lot of redness that made yeah. it seem like it was a volcano. I kind of thought of it like a volcano kind of cloudish thing because so the anyway yeah so they were getting pulled into that and so was that monster yeah because what so they kind of the the monster was getting in and then Han got the idea for the monster to chase them and then he like released another part of the ship. So the monster could continue chasing that and then get sucked into that hole. But then they still got caught into the gravitational pull. And so what Han thought was to use some of the coaxium coaxium, to boost their engines. So that way they can, you know, they have enough pull to jet out of there. Yeah. And this really shows, like, how quick on his feet Han is. Like, he's always, you know, like, uh, improvising when things go wrong. Yeah, exactly, and and I no, I, I I did I did like how they added this because it, you know, just added another like cool graphic to add to it, and when so when it so when they actually you know launched it when he said uh, when they when they put the coaxium in and then they decided to launch it you saw the ship go back further into the gravitational yeah. pull and I was like oh they're dead <laughs> well that quick second I said. I said, oh, well, they're dead. And I thought, no, actually, I thought they were going to get pulled and then get transported somewhere else. That was my thought (laughs) at that point. But then all of a sudden you saw the ship, like, boost up out of there. That was cool. I liked that a lot. Yeah. And uh, so uh, the Falcon is uh, damaged, losing its uh, square uh, dish. uh, Mm -hmm. And they land... On, uh, so, Savarine. I is that what it's called? Yeah, Savarine. Yes. To uh, process yes, yes, yes. the uh, coaxium. Right. Yes. And uh, Lando is no Savarine. Savarine. I think it's Savarine. I think that's what they call it. Savarine. But they get it. Yes. Yep. Uh, Lando <laughs> is very annoyed at Han for damaging his ship. Now, the the one dialogue I really liked, and I'll see if you know it. Hold on. <clears throat> I hate you. <laughs> Do you know what goes after that, Thomas? I have no idea. Darn. I thought you would know it. Basically, huh? so Lando says, I hate you. Han says, I know. That's <laughs> it. So, yeah. That's all. <laughs> uh, yeah, that I didn't pick up on that beforehand, but nice combat to Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, see? <laughs> uh, so, uh, so anyway, they're on um, Savarine, yes. Yeah. So that because they're they they have to process this coaxium, but it's still un unrefined. 
So while they're there, then that's when Enfy's nest and her cloud riders. Oh, spoiler alert! It's a she. She removes her mask, and it turns out to be a woman, yep. not a machine or thing. And she explains to uh, Han that she and Haku they're not pirates, but they're rebels trying to prevent the uh, syndicates and empire from gaining power. No, yes. I really like how this is done, you know, like, in particular, there's a shot of, uh, you know, it kind of reminds me of uh, Spaghetti Westerns, you know, like, with, like, Clint Eastwood, where you have, like, the shot of the blaster on the hip. Right, you yeah. Know, and this is true with uh the rebellion the rebellion didn't the rebel alliance didn't start out you know like strong it was just a small group of uh rebel cells and uh syndicates uh tagalong teams no not really uh connected uh it's not really until uh later before new hope that they kind of all team up and formed the rebel alliance Yes, that is right. And what I also liked about this scene was so when they go on there and, you know, there's like this kind of showdown. Was it Han says we have armies or guys in that in the uh, Falcon? Yeah. (laughs) And he says with one word, they will all surround him. Lando's like so upset about the loss of L3 and the, you know, how what his ship went through. He just jetted at that moment. (laughs) He was like, I don't know if he saw them. You know, he saw this happening and and said, you guys are on your own, or he just decided to leave at that moment, just coincidental. Either way, that made that more funnier. And, yeah, so then after that, that's when um, <laughs> um, Enfy's Nest says that she needs the coaxium because they, because they're technically they're, they're, they were mistaken as pirates, but they're rebels. They're trying to yeah. stop crime lords. And they need the coaxium to help their cause. Yeah. Uh, Han... Uh, becomes sympathetic, and he tried... But it does not. Yeah, and so what I really liked about this is this is the kind of combination of uh, the film noir side and the Western side kind of going together when you have a bunch of double crosses, mm-hmm. which is very common in both genres. Yeah. So this is very confusing, so bear with me. Yes. Do you want me to just do this, or you want to? I'll uh, okay. do this. Uh, Beckett uh, has learned Voss to the double cross. Uh, so uh, Voss sends his guards to overpower them, but leaves Voss defenseless. Uh, so uh, Beckett double crosses uh, Han. Uh, and uh, Han tries to take the coaxium for Beckett to double-cross Voss again and betray him, escaping with the coaxium and taking Chewbacca hostage. Uh, Kira kills Voss and, you know, like, uh, sends Han to go after Beckett. And, you know, you kind of realize then like, two different worlds. Yes. Where Han does have this sympathetic side. Right. And, you know, like, she kind of doesn't. So Anymore. they right. kind of point ways. Um, and uh, so uh, Kira uh, contacts uh, Voss's uh, supervisor who is in charge of. Uh, like basically a lot of these uh, crime organizations, uh, and that um, boss turned out to be Darth Maul. Yes. Uh, who? Uh, so. And I was so happy to see him. I really was. I don't know why. I was yeah. like, <gasps> yes, uh, yes. Darth Maul uh, comes back to life uh, in the Clone Wars, and during this time, uh, Maul does have involvement with Death Watch, which is a criminal organization on Mandalore. So 
he does have experience dealing with these uh, crime syndicates. And uh, so there were two actors responsible for uh, Darth Maul. Right, um, the one, his name, the uh, the actor, the physical actor, his name is Ray Park. Who plays uh, Maul in The Phantom Menace. Menace. Yes, and then, so he returned. Uh, Sam Whitler? Um, Whit- Whitwer. Whitwer. He Whitler. was the voice, yeah. Yep, Sam Whitler uh, is the voice of Maul. Uh, he also voiced Maul in The uh, Clone Wars and... Uh, having a bit of a Stormer's connection, he voiced the main character in the 2008, now out of continuity, Star Wars video game, mm-hmm. uh, The Forest Unleashed. Yes. Uh, he voices the main character in that. So just a little bit of uh, cool trivia. Yeah. Uh, Maul, she blames the failure on Beckett, but she never mentions Han. Uh, so like she kind of does have a sympathetic side. Uh, in At least the, for Han. Yeah, which is, it makes him a complex character and makes him really interesting. Uh, Maul orders her to meet with him on Darth Maul. Uh, and then uh, Han catches up with Beckett and confronts him. Uh, and he shoots Beckett without a second's hesitation. Right, because Beckett has told him not to trust anybody, and Beckett admit he probably would have he would have shot Han. There's no problem. Yep. He said he would have. You know, Han had to make that hard choice, but he knew that it was him, or Han had knew it was him or Beckett. So you know, you have to make that choice. And yep. after after that, he did see Kira leave the island on the ship. You know, he and I don't I don't he he. I don't know if he really understood why he just saw her that she left. So I don't, you know, you never, he never really said anything about it. He just saw her, saw the ship leave. Yeah. Uh, Han and Chewie turn the coaxium over to uh, Emphis Nest. Right. Who offers him a chance to join the rebellion and uh, he declines and she gives him a vial of coaxium, which is enough to, uh, by his own ship. Uh, yeah. So uh, they track Lando down to kind of this tropical planet mm-hmm. uh, where Lando has what looks like this awesome, like, tropical shirt. Yes. Uh, and what's he playing again? He's playing the same game. What'd you call it? Uh, Sabacc. Sabacc. And this is the famous game of Sabacc that... Uh, Han wins the Falcon uh, from uh, Lando, and uh, he learns uh, kind of from Lando, and he wins uh, by having stolen cards. Lando was keeping up his sleeve in order to cheat. Yeah, and you know, like then he and Chewie leave for Tatooine. Where an unnamed crime lord is putting together a job, and then the credits roll. Yes, and that's the film in a nutshell. <laughs> 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 if you guys have been keeping up with it, yes, that's the whole film. To mention a couple of cameos, Warwick Davis again, yep. reprising his role. I, I can't remember the role that he was doing, but you saw him again. I, I believe you saw him in The Phantom Menace believe he was reprising that same role and like i just yeah so i'm not, at this point i'm not surprised seeing him anymore i'm just like oh yeah there he is again so we got that coming up so we got that so we have him on that but i i really was so excited to see maul that's what i'm kind of hoping for a sequel i would like to see if there's anything else going on with maul yeah but it was just nice to see him again i really do want to see that explored yes me too that'll be that'll definitely be a film i see if they do it right other than that, yeah, but so that's the whole film in the in death, and so I don't know if they're going to do a sequel. I don't know if they're talking about it. I don't know if it's in the works. Don't know anything yet. However, as a standalone film for the Han Solo, like three out of five for me. Yep, uh, three and a half out of five. And Sorry, three I, and a half out of five for me. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, and uh, I love all of the uh, 
classic film references. So, and kind of, uh, kind of double cross, but not really. I'm going to change my rating to a 3.75 out of 5. Okay. Now, now that you're thinking about it, you kind of like it a little more? Yeah, uh, for one of the uh, classic uh, film references. Yeah. So I kind of double cross you. Okay. No, if it's fine because no, I, no, I was about mine was three five. No, like I said, I'm still sticking with my three point five. As if I still liked Rogue One a little bit more. Yeah. But like I said, standalone, it was great. Yeah, it really didn't have any complaints to it. Did we see C three P? Not C three P O. R two D two. No. I could have sworn I saw something, in R two D two. I should have paused. I. And- Taking a look. Maybe I'll look at it again. Probably nothing R2 units. R2 units, just not R2-D2. Yes, probably not. I just wonder, even if that was the case, that's probably still an homage to R2-D2. Yeah. Yes, so probably just another unit. Other than that. So with that, uh, I'd just like to take a moment to uh, thank our listeners for uh, keeping with us this year. Uh, It's been uh, hectic, but it's been... uh, a great ride, great journey. Uh, Mo, is there anything you want to say? No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sorry for that little break we had. That was mainly me because I had to do a musical, which took up a lot of my time. However, I'm glad we at least got through (laughs) how many more films we got. We have six more Star Wars to to go through, so we've covered maybe... how many have we covered on our episode one, two, three, and then for five? We've covered five films, right? Star yeah. Wars wise, plus The Witch and then Spider Man. So this has been very fun to do. I when I listen back to my recordings next semester, hopefully we will pick this up. I know now what more to talk about and and listening to yourself, I swear we have a lot of ums and so's and whatnot. So I'm gonna Work on that for you guys, because I know if you guys are listening, you're probably like Morgan. Stop saying so. So I'm going to stop saying that. Yeah. Even though I just said it. But yes, no, it's been very fun. I'm glad to have done this with you, uh, DJ Tomcat. And you are just this, just to say, I mean, you have a great voice for this. I hope you would like to do this again next semester if we can. Oh yeah, definitely. We will definitely cover the rest of the Star Wars because by that time, Star Wars Nine will come out. And we will we'll probably make special plans to go see that and then talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, then, but from that point, yes, we're going to do that, and we'll figure out other movies to go through at that point. But it's been a fun, it's been, this has been fun. I'm, I'm glad to do this as my first podcast. Yeah, and uh, with that, uh, it's time to say goodbye. So, my name is Tommy Taylor, aka DJ Tomcat. I am Morgan Gore, DJ Mogo, and this has been Movie Mayhem. Thank you guys again for tuning in, and we can't wait to come back. Yeah, thank you.